Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, welcome back to Basketball Conference, the ACC football podcast. My name's Joey Weaver. He is Mike McDaniel. Mike, what would you rather talk about here? The Cotton Bowl or the Belk Bowl? Belk Bowl. Belk Bowl. All right, let's start there. Virginia. (laughs) Now let's not start there. Uh, Mike, we got more bowl previews we're going to do here. Uh, We are going to talk about the college football playoff, and really we're going to talk about both of those games and then go to the Belk Bowl. Uh, Those are both on December 29th. Uh, we we do this in this order just because of you know relative importance. It's kind of backwards from our uh, you know schedule through the day order we've been doing it so far. So uh, just wanted to give the people the heads up. That's what we're doing. But let's start there, Mike. On December 29th, four o'clock p.m. on ESPN, the number two Clemson Tigers, a 13 point favorite against the number three Notre Dame Fighting Irish. This is the Goodyear Cotton Bowl Classic, as it were. Coming to you live from Jerry World, AT&T Stadium in Arlington, Texas. Uh, Mike, I, the, the biggest key piece of information here that's kind of come out in the last couple of days, and it literally broke, I think it was on Christmas Eve, is that Clemson defensive lineman Dexter Lawrence has been suspended for this game uh, due to some performance-enhancing drug test failures, um, we'll say. Um, there, the circumstances around this sound kind of fishy, Um Dabo Swinney said that basically overnight he became an expert in what was it, Osteriol or something or other? I don't really know. Um, in any case, he he will not be playing in this game for all intents and purposes as we uh, discuss this game right now. But at the same time, we were talking a little bit on here. I don't really know at that at this point how much that changes our handicap of this game and what's going to happen. Yeah, I mean. Like we t- we've talked about several times on this podcast, Joey, Clemson has multiple defensive linemen that are really, really good outside of Dexter Lawrence. And we all know that. And it wasn't just the front four that's been really good. The linebackers have been good. The backup defensive linemen they've been rotating in have been really good. So Clemson is loaded up front in their front seven. So I'm not sure how much it actually matters. I, I get that Dexter Lawrence is a big time player. He's a top 10 draft pick and all that. But I'm not sure how much it really impacts things now that he's not going to be playing. Um, Notre Dame's going to have a hard time running the ball in this football game, in my opinion, uh, between the tackles anyway. And that doesn't change now that Dexter Lawrence is out of the fold. I I get the concern from the Clemson side because he's an All-American defensive lineman and he's not going to be playing in the biggest game of the year so far. But uh, it's one of those things where I think Clemson has the depth to kind of withstand this sort of um this sort of defection for the team at a really really bad time and they're one of the few teams in college football 
that can say that they can withstand this sort of suspension at, at this moment where you have one of your key players out for the game and you should still probably be okay. Um, you know, Alabama's another one, Ohio State, the way they've recruited. So so there are a few teams there at the top, Georgia, certainly last few years. So there are teams at the top of this list that can withstand that sort of um, that sort of defection at this time of year. And I think Clemson's one of them. So overall, as far as as far as the point spread is concerned, Clemson being a 13 point favorite in this game, I'm not sure how much the Dexter Lawrence news actually matters from a betting perspective anyway. Yeah, I again, as much talent as they have on that defensive line, I mean, there's there's other ways that they're going to be able to create stops and create havoc in the backfield. As I look at this game, Mike, at least, you know, in terms of the spread, I really I'm not convinced that Clemson's 13 points better than Notre Dame. Um, for what it's worth, S&P Plus has them about seven points better. Notre Dame comes into this game, I think, one of the more complete teams in the country. I think if you look at the four playoff teams, three of them are, you know, of the five most complete teams in the country, the exception of being Oklahoma, which is woefully lacking for a defense. But other than that, I mean, both sides of the ball for Alabama, Clemson, and Notre Dame are, are really solid. Um, and so I'm, I'm curious to see how this all goes. Um, Notre Dame really caught fire earlier this year when they moved uh, – they made a quarterback change. Uh, Brandon Wimbush started the season as the starting quarterback. He ended up taking a backseat to Ian Book, as we talked about a little bit throughout the year. Um, Ian Book at that point kind of started lighting the world on fire. They started by demolishing Wake Forest uh, in on a certain Saturday. And then from there, I mean, they, they finished the season undefeated. They're a really good team, Mike. Um, I... I'm curious to see kind of what they're able to throw, especially defensively, how much they can kind of put some pressure on Clemson and on Trevor Lawrence. You've had about a month now to watch film and, and get a really good feel for what he's going to do and what he likes to do and what he's good at. I'd like to think that that lends itself to kind of doing some things that maybe can confuse him, make some make a couple of poor decisions. You know, he, he hasn't really had what I would call a freshman moment yet this year. And it's not necessarily required that he does, but it's just it's hard to think that he's going to go through the full season without making some sort of critical error somewhere. And I think Notre Dame has an opportunity to do that in this game at the very least. I completely agree with you there. Um, now, this is the most complete defense that Trevor Lawrence has faced since he's taken over as starting quarterback, in my opinion. Mm -hmm. um, he's faced some decent defenses um, throughout the year. Uh, but this is the most complete defense that he's faced since he became the starter at Clemson. Uh, Notre Dame having a month to prepare for that, I think, definitely, like you said, um, you know, should bode well for them in this football game. Uh, Notre Dame is solid all around. They're not great at any one thing, but they're good at everything. And, you know, you look at some of these other teams in the top four, they're great at a lot of different things, but they may have a deficiency. You look at Notre Dame, I'm not sure where their deficiency is. Maybe they just don't. Maybe if you look at their receiving core, they have a lot of really good receivers, but not a guy who can just break the game wide open. I guess if you had to look for like a breakout player in the receiving core, maybe that's where you look at Notre Dame and be like, they don't have that one guy who can just bust the game wide open with a, with a 70 or 80 yard play. But they have a lot of solid receivers. They have a really strong running game. Ian Book, like you mentioned, since he took the job over, he's been one of the top 10 quarterbacks in college football in nearly every statistical category throwing the football, passing efficiency, completion percentage, touchdown, interception ratio, um, yards. I mean, he's been very, very good for Notre Dame this year. Uh, 
like you mentioned, you know, Trevor Lawrence has not had his freshman moment. This is the opportunity where he could potentially have one because this is a really strong defense that Notre Dame has. Um, Clemson's defense, you know, you look at at that side of the ball, Notre Dame's going to have a hard time running on this front, in my opinion. But they had a hard time running on USC's front, too. And what Notre Dame ended up doing in the second half is they made some adjustments. They started getting their uh, playmakers out in space at running back. Um, you know, they had Dexter Williams leak out of the backfield a couple times. Uh, USC had a really strong pass rush against Notre Dame in that game. They leaked Dexter Williams out. He made a couple of big plays in the passing game as a receiving back out of the backfield uh, and, and really put that game away for Notre Dame. I see this game being very close. I, I look at Notre Dame and they're not 13, in my opinion, they're not 13 points worse than Clemson. I think that's a pretty big spread. Uh, Clemson has a lot of big time playmakers on the outside that could potentially give Notre Dame some trouble. But then you look at Notre Dame secondary with Troy Pride. Uh, junior leading the way, Julian Love, who's a potential first-round pick if he comes out. They have a really strong secondary to hang with these Clemson receivers. Can Notre Dame's front seven stop the Clemson rushing attack enough to give Trevor Lawrence issues in the passing game and, and give Notre Dame an opportunity to blitz a little bit more than they'd like to? Uh, that's that's what I'm going to be looking for in this game on that side of the football for Notre Dame. If they're able to get a pass rush on Trevor Lawrence and make him a little bit uncomfortable in the pocket, I think they're going to have an excellent chance in this football game because – you know, if Trevor Lawrence sits back there and has all day to throw. He's going to pick anybody apart. And he's shown that throughout his freshman year. He's going to be one of the really, really strong quarterbacks in college football for the next couple of seasons at the very least. So, you know, if you give him an opportunity to throw and you give him time, uh, this is going to be a long game for Notre Dame, in my opinion, because as good as their defensive backs are, it's going to take a lot to hang with all these constant receivers. Um, so it really comes down to Notre Dame's pass rush and Notre Dame's ability to run between the tackles on Clemson. If they can get one of those two things going, this is going to be a very close game. Um, I think Notre Dame covers here 13. I think they cover it pretty easily. And maybe I'm way off base, but we'll see what happens. I think they cover 13 easily here. I think they keep this thing within a touchdown. And I think they have an opportunity to beat Clemson, Joey. But like I mentioned, one of those two things needs to happen. They either need to find a way to run the football or they need to get a good pass rush on Trevor Lawrence. I'm not sure one of those things happens in this game, while, it, and that's why I think that Clemson has the edge. So I'm going to take Clemson close here. Um, I think Notre Dame keeps it within a touchdown. It should be pretty entertaining. Um, and I think it'll be relatively low scoring. A lot of people are saying this could be a higher scoring game. Over-under totals at 55.5 as we sit here recording the day after Christmas. I think it could stay under that. I wouldn't bet it necessarily, but... You have two pretty good defenses here, and you have a freshman quarterback on one side and a team who might not be able to run the ball all that well on the other side. And it really comes down to which quarterback makes more plays in the passing game, in my opinion. And Ian Book has an opportunity against this Clemson secondary, Joey. Clemson, you know, if you want to point to a weakness in Clemson's defense, I guess it's their secondary, but it all comes down to Notre Dame's ability to run the football. And, you know, if they can't if they can't run it, Ian Book's going to have a lot of trouble throwing it. So it's really going to be a similar game plan on both sides. I'm just interested to see which team is able to better exert their will on the other. It's really interesting, Mike. I'm, I'm looking at it and I'm realizing that these two teams, with a combined 25 games that they've played this year, have played a combined one game against a top 25 defense in S&P+. These two teams have not seen anything. You, you had a game in the first week of the year where Notre Dame beat Michigan – Michigan has like the number five defense by S&P plus after that, these teams have not played good defenses, at least not on the level that they're going to see uh, uh, in this game on Saturday. I'm, it's just, I'm, I'm very interested to see what they're able to do. Um, 
I'm tempted to think that Notre Dame is going to be able to be able to run the ball to some degree. I would feel a lot better about it if this was last year's offensive line that they had, where they had a couple of first round picks on the offensive line. I mean, that would really help in my mind, but I, they have so consistently been able to move the ball this year. And yet again, it is all again, uh, all about, they haven't played great defenses. Um, Dexter Williams has gone for almost a thousand yards on the, on the year, but he didn't even play the first four, uh, four games of the year. So he didn't see Michigan and we didn't see them with Dexter Williams against a really good defense. Um, we didn't see them with Ian book against a really good defense. So I'm going to, I'm with you. I'm going to take the 13 points with Notre Dame. I'm, I'm not so sure that they're going to totally get it done. I think they absolutely can. Um, I, you know, I think this is a winnable game for Notre Dame outright. Um, 13 points is way too many for this, uh, for a playoff. I, I'm also going to throw it out there, Mike. I, I think there is some sort of chance that we haven't seen Clemson uh, playing really top-notch competition really well. Um, the only game that they have the, – there's two games that they've shown some sort of vulnerability in, and it's against Texas A&M on the road, and it was against Syracuse uh, with their third-string quarterback. And other than that, I mean, they haven't really been tested. And if, the, if your two tests are a couple of, you know, kind of borderline top 25 teams, I, you know, I don't know. This is just, it's, it's a very hard spot to predict, I think. So I'm, I'm going to take the points uh, with Notre Dame and I'm going to, I'm going to roll with you there, Mike. I'm going to say that Clemson wins, but I think they're going to win fairly close. Um, maybe something in the way of like 34, 28, something like that. Um, for what it is worth, the total of 55 and a half points feels a little bit low. And yet I sit here and then turn around and think about the fact that these are two really, really good defenses, like two of the top four by S&P Plus. And I, maybe I shouldn't be banking on too many points being scored here. So don't um, touch it. Yeah, I'm probably leaving that one alone. So I'm going to take the 13 with Notre Dame and uh, leave it there. Yeah, leave the total alone because I just gave the reason why it will go under. And Joey just gave you the reason why it will go over. So don't touch it. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that could go all sorts of directions. So uh, so we agree, Mike. Clemson, close. Take Notre Dame in the points there. And um, if you're feeling really saucy, maybe you take a, take a little money line action on that. We'll see. Yeah, yeah. if you want want some value. I'm not sure what the value is. It's got to be pretty decent being a 13-point dog up. Yeah, let me, I'm going to go look this up real quick. This is good, good podcast content. Good podcast. Is, yeah, uh, let's see. Right now, you can get Notre Dame at three and a half to one. Hello. Just to win the game outright. I I don't hate that. Don't hate that at all. If you play this game three or four times, I bet Notre Dame's winning at least one, one of them. So Right. And the people who haven't watched college football all year, they're like, oh, well, Notre Dame played Alabama that one time six years ago and got the doors blown off of them. So why would they like hang with a team like Clemson? Uh, they're better now. That's why. They are yeah. a better team now. They are better. Yeah. That's why. One more time for the people in the back. Yes. Um, they are better. Yes. Uh, quite good. So, all right. So let's move on, Mike. Uh, later that night, 8 o'clock p.m. on ESPN. This is not an ACC game for what it's worth. Uh, just as a reminder, but we do feel like it's probably important to talk about this since we're saying Clemson's going to win in the first game. So we got to talk about who they would play in the national title game. And we can kind of keep this a little bit brief. But uh, Alabama, the number one Alabama Crimson Tide, a 14-point favorite against the number four Oklahoma Sooners. Uh Hard. This is coming to you live from the Orange Bowl. Is it Hard Rock Stadium in Miami, Florida? Uh, once again, it'll be a Saturday night game. It should be a huge atmosphere. 
Same thing as before, Mike. Uh, Alabama given 14 here. I I don't know how or why. Well, I excuse me. I do know how or why the number is that big. I'm just not totally convinced that they're going to be able to um, smother Oklahoma's offense to the degree that they would need to to really feel good about covering this spread, in my opinion. Yeah, so... <sighs> 14's a lot. So I it's one of these things where I told myself I was not going to bet the spread here because I you know, Oklahoma's defense is just so bad that it feels like Alabama can cover almost anything. Um and it's one of those spots here where I see that it's 14 and I think of what Kyler Murray has done against literally everybody he's played this year. And then I'm like, okay, well, this Alabama defense is a lot better, but Kyler Murray is also like really, really good. And it doesn't really seem to matter who Oklahoma plays. Like they're going to score. I mean, they scored on Georgia last year. That game was pretty entertaining. Mm -hmm. Um, I just, I really have a hard time looking at Oklahoma thinking that they absolutely cannot score on an Alabama defense that, while really, really good, it's one of those defenses for Alabama that's probably the worst that they've had in like four, maybe five years. Not that that says a whole lot because they're still phenomenal and they're a top 10 defense in the country. But this is one of those years where you look at Oklahoma and you're saying, well, their offense is so good. They can definitely score on this Alabama defense. Now, maybe I'm maybe I'm completely off base. We'll see what happens. My concern for Oklahoma is they're not going to get close enough in this game to the point where they're going to be able to, like, have a real opportunity to win it, in my opinion, just because their defense, I don't think, can stop Alabama at all, like at all. In like order for even once, like even like almost even once. <laughs> so that's that's my concern. Uh, in order for Oklahoma to win this game, you have to have a boneheaded turnover by Tua, uh, who looks like he's going to be a full go, by the way, after undergoing minor ankle surgery on a high ankle sprain that he had um, had like a arthroscopic type deal. But says he's going to be a full go. So, I mean, sounds good to me. If he's a full go, that's bad news for Oklahoma's defense. Um, but Oklahoma's defense needs to have a boneheaded turnover by Tua, which doesn't really happen, or some sort of like weird fumble and then something good to happen on special teams. And I think that's really the only chance for Oklahoma to win this game outright. I think they can keep it within two touchdowns, Joey. I do. Um, I bet on Oklahoma to cover. I think it, that it'll be one of those deals that's close, but if you want to feel really good about something, bet the over. The over-under in this game is 77, and if you think that Oklahoma can score on Alabama like I think they can, this thing should go easily over because Oklahoma is not going to stop Alabama in this football game. So if you think mm -hmm. Oklahoma can even provide a little bit of offense, you should be, feel pretty good about this game going over 77. I just checked, Joey. I got in at over 74 and a half. Um almost a week ago now. Um, the point spreads on both of these games that we're, we've talked about now have remained the same, but this over-under has changed a little bit now that it's been declared that two is pretty much a full go and he's healthy. So feel good about the over. Um, feel good about Alabama. They're the best team in college football. They're going to win this football game. It's just a matter of by how much, and that's really predicated on what Oklahoma is able to do or not do on defense and in the kicking game, because that's really the only way that they keep this thing 
close enough to where they could find a way to pull off an upset, but you really have to talk yourself into several different kind of far-fetched scenarios for that to happen, in my opinion. That's for as good as Oklahoma's been on offense all year. Their defense is just so bad, and Alabama is so solid on offense. And like I mentioned, their defense isn't as great as it's been in years past, but it's still great. It's still solid, and they're still good enough to get a couple of stops in Oklahoma in this game, and that should really be all that it takes. I, I'm sitting here trying to figure out, like, when's the last time that Alabama had a game where the total was 77? It's been a while, especially in the SEC, considering the fact that a lot of the offenses that they play, like you think about like Arkansas and, um, you know, South Carolina. I mean, there aren't a lot of offenses that can put up a lot of points. So it's mm-hmm. something. They tend to be a little bit more lackluster or a little more vanilla, a little more basic. Yeah. Um, yeah, they've had a couple of lines this year that closed in the 70s, but it was lower 70s. 77 is a new uh, a new high for Alabama, we'll say. Um, one of the reasons, honestly, Mike, that I would feel good about betting Oklahoma to cover here is that this is the kind of offense that could very easily create a backdoor cover kind of scenario. Yep. Um, if, if Alabama's up 24 with eight minutes left, you're still very much in play if you've got the Oklahoma ticket, you know, with, yep. the, the, with the 14 – um, they can go down and score a couple touchdowns pretty quick. Now, Alabama, not the type that really folds up shop and, and just uh, kind of quits late. Even even when they put their backups in, I mean, <laughs> they're still pretty stout. So yeah. um, you can't make any uh, any assumptions on that. But, yeah, I, I'm with you. It, it's Oklahoma can score, and they can score a bunch, and they can score on just about anybody. It's It's more a matter of can they get any stops at all you know that Alabama is going to get some stops, even in a bit of a shootouty kind of game. So, yeah, I mean, I feel better about saying Alabama is going to win, Oklahoma is going to cover, but the Oklahoma covering part still feels like a little bit of a gamble because there's always a chance that Alabama just like absolutely runs away with this. Right. And if you think that if you're in the camp of, well, Oklahoma is going to have trouble scoring on Alabama's defense, I'm not really sure how many people actually believe that, but if you're in that camp of, you know, Kyler Murray and Oklahoma's offense won't be able to put up enough points. Just look at the types of offenses that have given Nick Saban coach teams a problem in the past. You look at Mississippi State with Dak Prescott, obviously at Texas A&M with Johnny Manziel, Tim Tebow at Florida. Like, there's a trend here. Like, these quarterbacks can run and throw. Kyler Murray certainly fits that bill to a T, and he might be the best quarter, but one of the best quarterbacks out of that bunch. Um, obviously, Tim Tebow had an outstanding career, and Manziel had quite the career at Texas A&M, and you're looking at two Heisman Trophy winners out of the three that I just mentioned. But, um, you know, Kyler Murray's not bad either, and it's a bummer that, you know, we're not going to see a whole lot of him anymore on the football field, so it seems. So if we saw more of him at Oklahoma, it, there's no telling what kind of numbers he could put up you know, for his career in that offense. But this is the type of quarterback and the type of offense that can definitely give a Nick Saban coach team problems. So keep that in mind as well. Um, if you're thinking that, you know, they might not be able to score on Alabama's defense. Yep, absolutely. So there you have it. We both got Oklahoma in the 14. We've both got Alabama winning outright. We've both got Clemson Bama four for the national championship, Mike. Um, pretty sure we've been saying that for about four months now, though. We have. We it's really what you have. Call, uh, what you call predictable. I think. Yes. One of those years. Yeah. So we will uh, We'll have to see. Mike, we got one more game we got to preview here. It's the Belk Bowl. Uh, earlier in the day, it's at noon on ABC. 
Uh, Virginia, the Cavaliers, a five and a half point underdog to the South Carolina Gamecocks. This is coming to you from Bank of America Stadium in Charlotte, North Carolina. Mike, we told you, we told the people that Virginia was going to be playing in Charlotte this year. And lo and behold, they are. Just not for the ACC championship. Correct. Correct. Um, South Carolina missing Debo Samuel in this game. Is that is that important here as we try to handicap this? It seems important. It does seem kind of important. Yeah. Yeah. I'm I'm sitting here trying to think through how I feel about this game, Mike. Um, South Carolina, like good but inconsistent. Yep. Very inconsistent. Yep. In fact, if you look at their results, just starting from their first game this year, they have gone win, loss, win, loss, win, loss, win, win, loss, win, loss, win. Yep. And that means they're in line for a loss, but they're favored. And I mean, I think if if they play at their full potential, they're probably better than Virginia. But I, I feel like at this point, I can also trust Virginia a lot more of what they're going to give you on a game-to-game basis. And I kind of feel like Virginia also might be more fired up to play this game. Yeah, I think this means more to Virginia than it probably does to South Carolina. Um only because this is one of the bigger bowl games Virginia has played in in a while. And Mm -hmm. yes, it's the Belk Bowl. Yes, you had an opportunity to go to the ACC championship. Yes, you struggled down the stretch to end the year. But you're still playing the Belk Bowl. You're playing against a good SEC team in South Carolina. Good, not great. Inconsistent is the right word, like you mentioned. They don't have one of their best players on offense. So lo and behold, I could pick Virginia to cover five and a half. But you know what, Joey? What's that? What kind of Virginia Tech fan would I be <laughs> if I picked Virginia? I, I look, I picked Virginia to end the streak against Virginia Tech. We see how that turned out. Um, look, Virginia. There are all sorts of games that Virginia should win that they don't. Uh, this might be one of them. Let's I'm going to take South Carolina. I don't feel good about it. I'm going to take them to win and cover here. I think they uh, I think they win by a touchdown. That's fair. Um, Virginia hasn't beaten a Power 5 team since they beat UNC by 10 two months ago. Now, a month ago, for the last month, they haven't been playing football for what that's worth. But the entire month of November, they went 1-3 with the only win over Liberty. They lost to Pittsburgh, Georgia Tech, and Virginia Tech to end the year. It was a crushing loss to Virginia Tech the way that they lost that game, too. Yeah. Um, I don't know. It's uh, yeah. It's like, like I said. I mean, I think South Carolina is the better team here. I I think if they're both you know playing for some stakes and they both care and they both come out playing you know one of their best games, I think South Carolina is the better team. But with no Debo Samuel, I I just South Carolina should have what it takes to get it done. I just I don't know if I can ride with them. I'm going to take Virginia in the points. And you know what? I'm just going to say they win the game outright. I'm going to say wow. Rocco hasn't fired up to win this game. I don't. I don't love it. Um, it's more me kind of making a play on uh, what I perceive the emotional state of the Cavs to be at this point, um, which is a gamble in and of itself. But um, I'm going to take the five and a half with UVA, and um, I think this is going to be the first one that we disagree on in all of bowl season, <laughs> for what it's worth. Not that like we actually have a good handle on what's going to happen here because yeah, we don't. Uh, do you like the under 53 and a half here? Cause I might like that. I don't hate it. Let's see. So what would that put us at? Like 31, 24 would go, it would barely go over. 
Yes. So like a 28 to 24 or something like that. Yep. Yeah. That, yeah. That, that probably sounds about right. Um, South Carolina should have the, the folks on defense to at least contain Bryce Perkins to a certain degree. And Virginia's defense has been formidable and USC's offense has been very inconsistent. So yeah, under 53 and a half sounds about right. Yep. Um, if it were to go over, I wouldn't imagine it would go much over that. So I think you're, you're safer playing the under there. Right. So if there's one bet I'm going to take in this game, that's the one. It's the total. It's not the point spread because I don't really feel good about this game either way. I think that's right. Um, now, another added thing here. Um, I picked UVA to beat Navy in the military bowl last year. And Virginia scored, got off to a great start. They scored on the opening kickoff. And then they didn't score again and gave up 40-something points to Navy. Mm-hmm. So I have bad flashbacks from that as well which shouldn't be an indicator of this year's team, but that's what's happening. Here we are. Man, now I'm sitting here thinking twice about it. Because you're right. They, they came out and absolutely laid an egg in that game last year against Navy, where at the very least they should have been like equally matched up, right? Started really well. And a lot of people were saying, oh, they've already played Georgia Tech. They've already seen the option. They beat the, you know, beat the Yellow Jackets. Um, you know, to be fair, they gave up like 36 points and like 500 yards of offense in that game, but they won. And then they go and give up more points and more yards to Navy and in, in, in route to getting routed. Um, yeah. Okay. I'm going to stick with five and a half with uh, Virginia in the five and a half um, and just hope for the best here. Okay. There's been a lot of favorites winning early in bowl season, so it's got to turn at some point, I think. Yeah. I don't know if it's here, but yeah, <laughs> we'll see. That's fair. That's fair. All right. Uh, Mike, we got to get out of here. But to recap, in the Cotton Bowl, we both have Notre Dame plus 13, but Clemson outright. In the Orange Bowl, we've both got Oklahoma plus 14 and Alabama outright. And in the Belk Bowl, I've got Virginia plus five and a half. Mike has South Carolina minus five and a half. Um, and most of these things, Mike, I think we would recommend not actually betting on. Correct. I like point totals more than I like point spreads. At this point, yeah. Um, at this point. Uh, if there was one point spread, it would be Notre Dame plus 13. I think that's that's the one out of these three games that I'd feel most comfortable with. But, hey, there's a there's a path to getting blown out pretty much anywhere you see in these three games. So, mm-hmm. I mean, leave them alone. Leave mm-hmm. them alone. Unless you're me and you're just a serial better. Don't. <laughs> just, you know, just do it. Just yeah, do drink, it. Res- drink responsibly. <laughs> Life advice from your good yeah. friends, Joey and Mike. Uh, Mike, all right, let's get out of here. We got uh, one more set of bowl games to preview uh, the New Year's Eve games. You want to come back and do those sometime soon? Absolutely. All right. Well, in the meantime, they can find us on Twitter. I'm at FTRS Joey. He's at Mike McDaniel CFB, and together we're at BC Podcast ACC. Y'all can send us an email with your questions, comments, concerns to the longest email address known to man, basketball conference podcast at gmail.com. Nailed it. Sorry. Yeah. All right. Yeah. There we go. I'm on. I'm on one of these things where um, you got actual like conference call work things going on. I not that my employer listens to this, but you know, just <laughs> one, of, one of those deals going on, Joey. So sorry. Turns out Mike also has a day job other than just the basketball conference podcast. Correct. <laughs> That's correct. Uh, Mike, they can find us on iTunes, Google Play, SoundCloud, the Overcast app, wherever fine podcasts are sold for free. And Mike, tell them where they can find us on the social medias. Facebook, facebook.com slash basketball conference rate review. Find all of our podcasts there, Joey. Please do. Thanks to those who have. And as those of you who kind of continue your holiday festivities, 
sharing us with your friends and family would be much appreciated. It helps huge. us and uh, much, much appreciated for those who can. Yep. Huge. Um, Mike, that's all I got. You want to come back and preview this last set of bowl games? Yeah, buddy. Let's do it. All right. Well, until next time, for Mr. Mike McDaniel, I am Joey Weaver. We'll talk to you again soon. And until then, go ACC. Thank <laughs> you.